Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pod of Thunder. Welcome to Pod of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting, brought to you by Blue Microphones. Thank you to Michael Galante for that introduction. And guess Got who's... the uh, baritone voice going. Yeah, we might have to uh, get him on the show, do more intros for Probably us. blew out a few car speakers with that, people <laughs> not expecting it. <laughs> Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you know who's here today. I'm always here. It's my buddy Andy. It's your buddy Andy. America's little brother. And as always, I am here with a man who was once described as... He was a moocher, a card sheet, a country club golf hustler, a scumbag. The original scumbag, Chris L., ladies and gentlemen. There he is. There he is. Chris L. in the the house. O.S., if you will. (laughs) I don't know. If, is that something to be proud of? Uh, I guess probably it'd not. Be, it's better than original moocher. That's still true. that still bothers me. You want me to edit that out? Nah, I mean it's you know it's all part of the line. But I could find a clip uh, of De Niro saying "not, yeah. not, not a moocher." Yeah, that that's the moocher is one of the worst things you could be in my estimation. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so, mass murderer, liar. Moocher in that order, the the holy trinity of absolute worst things to be. (laughs) Well, Chris, I notice over on the buddy bench, there's space. You moved over, you're making space on the virtual buddy Mm, bench. Yes, we do. Because today we have a guest coming to you all the way from Montreal, ladies and gentlemen. It is Mitch Lafon. Mitch, good day, pleasure to be here. Thanks for. I mean, I didn't realize I'd be on a show with a moocher. I mean, I, you should have told me. But. Well, if we told you, you wouldn't be on right now. So, I yeah, mean, I, you know, you you and, understand and for, how this. And works. I heard I heard the word cunty in there, so a cunty moocher. See, that's mm, that's what I thought. Multiple too. Little, people are hearing that. Uh, little rough, little rough. Well, Mitch, okay, Mitch, that's what I thought too. But apparently, he says country. I heard. Does he c- say country? Yeah, I yeah. heard cunty clear as day, but. I mean, I, I heard country. If, if, I heard country if there are any clubs. cunty clubs out there, how do you become a member? Would be my question. <laughs> At uh, you know, a cunty cu- cunty club hustler. And of course, in the uh, 
spirit of a movie that's been on uh, regular rotation on HBO, MacGruber. We have the character of Kunth, played by Val Kilmer. So <laughs> this seems to be a theme. Uh, not saying anything about you, Mitch, as in, in relation no, to how no. you. Uh, you're, you're less of a Kunth and more of a Quebecois, wouldn't you say? Yes, we are. Uh, well, Quebecois, yeah, or or as us Anglo's call ourselves, Quebecers. Oh well, there you oh. Go. with a with a Q and a W, Quebecers. Why not? Yeah, that's what that's how I would do it until I was corrected. Now, are you listen? A- I, I say Montreal, and everybody goes, "No, it's Montreal." I go, "No, dude, I, I'm not French. Yeah, it's let's... Montreal. I I learned how to say Montreal from Harry Carey watching the Cubs on. Oh, really? Whatever." Whatever it was, yeah. the the superstation or whatever it was back then. WGN. WGN. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of those cable channels we got up here. And it was like, it's a beautiful day in Montreal. I'm like, okay, Montreal it is. Where yeah, are you from, from originally, Mitch? Montreal. I've oh. always lived here. Oh, I, yeah. I okay. just, I'm just uh, pure English. I, I'm, you know, people seem surprised. But, I mean, when you say you're from Toronto, they don't, they're not surprised that you're pure English. But I'm pure English with a French name. Yeah, Oops. French, the French name. <laughs> Oops. Oh well, I know. It's it's it. People always send me like credit card bills and stuff in French, and I go, no. Don't, <laughs> don't, like I can't, I can't do this. Well, that's an excuse to not pay the bill. It's like <laughs> I couldn't read it, so I don't know what you want me to do here. I I can't pay this. Yeah, I, I don't understand one zero zero in 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 obviously French. It's exactly. complicated. <laughs> Anyway, those French numbers. I think they're on the uh, the what is it? The metric system or something. We are. Yeah, it mo- it was a beautiful more. twenty-eight degrees Celsius today. Wow, that's like, warmer yeah, than most down yeah. here. Yeah, it's like eighty-two or something like that. Oh, but that's nice. But I think wheat is my favorite French number. I would just have to say that right now. What number is that? In, in eight, English? I think. Okay, I don't know. H u i t. Just yeah. Well, wheat is also a delicious breakfast food. I mean, I love the wheat and the bread and the Cheerios. It's delicious. A lot of fiber. Wheat thins. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat. Yeah, it's actually eight thins. That's that's (laughs) pure translation. (laughs) Eat your wheat so you can take wheat dumps a day and stay healthy. That's uh, that's a good catchphrase right there. That's the golden number. The wheat industry can have that for free. You're welcome. (laughs) So, Mitch, everybody knows you from your show, right? Well, mom. Mom, yeah. Daughter. <laughs> wife. Fat, yeah. Yeah, it's about the same as us, so we're right there with you. Well, yeah, the, the people <laughs> so, are mad. So I actually had a meeting in, in New York in May with, with actually a, a big place, and I'm not going to say who, but, but they came to me and they said, you know, you're a brand. And I went, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I went, I'm a brand. Brand of what? <laughs> How do you feel about you know, that word brand? I like the word brand. Uh, you, you know, uh, if you've ever listened to the show, I, I ask the guests once in a while, what does it mean to be a brand rather than a band? Sure. And, and, and it drives fans crazy and people are like, oh, they're not brands. It's like, well, I, I hate to tell you, but whether it's Kiss or whether it's a Quiet Riot or whether it's Foreigner, you know, when they're down to no members, one member – Right. Uh, you're 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 buying a ticket to go see a brand and uh, you know when you buy a can of Coca-Cola it 
it sort of doesn't matter what's in the can. It, you're buying it because it said Coca-Cola. So yeah, I, I like brand because it is a business and all those brands are, you know, it's called the Kiss Podcast because you are you are playing on the brand. If it was just the music review podcast, it probably wouldn't have been as popular. Yeah, it's still it just never ceased to amaze me how people don't get that and why they're uh, seem to be offended by that. It's like these guys. This is their livelihood. You know, whatever it takes to generate a, a living, you do it. I fully agree. I think- and uh, and since we're just debating, uh, well, sort of random stuff, uh, the, the hair metal is a is a term that I find very endearing, and I don't understand fans that get all up in arms. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but when you say hair metal, you know exactly what you're exactly talking about. Right. Poison, winger, you, you know. Why would you change it to something that is not familiar? Is there a new term for it? No, just, or just people, your people just people don't like think it. it's a disparaging term. Oh, okay. Well, well, and 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 there is there are some that want to call it, you know, melodic hard rock or eighties rock, and it's just like, oh, get get come on. But when you say hair, Sirius XM has a station called Hair Nation. Yeah. Nobody bitches about being played on Hair Nation. And yet they'll do an interview and they'll say, don't talk to me about hair metal. It's like, shut the f- yeah. You were on Hair Nation yesterday. <laughs> right. Like, piss off. Yeah. You were fine with yeah. that. You were, you were fine with that yesterday when they were giving you, you know, seven cents on your royalties. Yeah. So, calme-toi. Oh, look at that. There's French. There, there Let me get comes. my dictionary. There it comes. How dare you? I know. Actually, you know what I should say? Yeah. How dare him? How dare him? That's speaking a... foreign languages on this show. Is that I is that know. how you're going to say disparaging things about us? Just say them in French so we don't yeah. understand. Yeah, them. kind of cunty, isn't it? Yeah, a little, little, little bit, little bit. I fully support it, though. So yeah. fire away. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to it. Like my my grandmother would. Uh, laps into Spanish when she was chewing us out for misbehaving in her <laughs> yeah, home. So. Yeah. We had the same thing with Polish. So It's like a throwback, Mitch. You can just start swearing at us in French when we act up. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that French words, at least in Quebec, are all religious words. So you'll say tabarnak, which is the tabernacle. Like these are say, swear words? Like when you're angry? The, yeah, when you're angry, people will say those words, and you'll say "usti," which is the 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 holy bread, you know, the, the wafer. So, it, and "kalis," which is a chalice. So, I had they no idea. swear at you with religious words. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's quite baffling. You're like, oh, you, you know, praise the Lord, thank you. What that, that is, meant? That meant I was ba- a bad person. That, that oh. is interesting. Our yeah. our great grandmother used to swear at us in Polish, and the translation used to be uh, "dog's blood" is what she would say when she was angry with you. Man, it's hardcore. Jesus. And then cholera, that, that like I'm wishing cholera upon you, is another one. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's that is a little hardcore. bit different. <laughs> we must have been... she didn't call you a cunty moocher. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, my grandmother did, but in Spanish. So. <laughs> Um, El Conti yeah, Moocher. Yeah, right. That's what she said. Mucharos. I think the next time I'm in, in Montreal, I'm just going to swear at somebody on the street and just go, Guy Lafleur, and see what happens. And uh, You know, you say that jokingly, but, but Guy Lafleur lived not too far from me growing up. Him and Ken Dryden lived. I would see him at the grocery store all the time. And the funny thing is about it is that back in the day, 
you could smoke in grocery stores. I don't know if you could in the States, but here you could. So he would always be at the meat counter going through literally 10 cigarettes while he was waiting for a steak. Uh, it great. was the, 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 the most amazing thing because you would look as a little kid going, he's the hockey hero. What the fuck's he doing? <laughs> I thought they were in shape, but of course, not back in the 70s. No, and, it was a different uh, yeah. time, right, for athletes? Very different time. I mean, he would leave the, that little grocery store, I mean, a corner store or whatever, yeah. with, with T-bones and, and beer and cigarettes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, hockey. All right. You're like, Maybe I'll sign up. I want a beer and a yeah, cigarette. There were, there were no nutritionists back in the day on the team payroll. There's none of that bullshit going on. It's like, and have you, a couple of donuts and get your and, fucking fat ass out and there. And yet these guys were legends of the game. I mean, you spoke of uh, getting the WGN telecast up there. Well, I grew up in the Detroit area, so we would get CBC Channel 9 out of Windsor and uh, – Hockey night in Canada. Usually it was the Leafs, but when the Leafs were on the road on a Saturday night, you get the Canadians of the seventies. Exquisite stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Great memories. When they won Stanley Cups. Yeah, well, before we go down that uh, rabbit hole shall, of uh, shall we talk rock? Sorry, yeah, shall we? Yeah, rock let's talk? do it. Let's yeah. do it. Um, uh, Mitch has. Uh, informed me of his song choice uh andy is not privy to it he we, we did let in the uh set up before the show uh mitch did li- let slip the name of the artist so andy knows God. that but he doesn't know what song is coming at him um I will, it's a delightful song yeah and i will mention again that there are a few songs by this artist um on the uh, listener submission list, which is how we do the show now, post Kiss catalog, uh, but this particular song is not on there. Oh, interesting. So. Okay. Hmm. I, you know that. So I'm, and, and everybody else knows it. So the artist obviously is Bon Jovi. Yes, I mean, we know this. So mm-hmm. sorry, Andy it's bon, bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Wait. Bon Jovi. Yeah, there you go. And now, Bon Jovi, obviously huge in the States. Jersey Boys, all that. Big on uh, in, in the Quebec area. I know they recorded yeah. some of their best stuff over in Vancouver. Yeah, they're, they're huge over here. They're, the last few tours, uh, up until uh, even this one, uh, This House Is Not For Sale, They've played the city three times on that album. Uh, wow. They do they do back to back nights at the Bell Center. Uh, you know, forty thousand people over two nights. Oh. You cannot go to a Bon Jovi show in Montreal unless you know somebody. They sell out instantly, and they have Jeez. done so since Slippery When Wet. It is a complete love affair with the band, and there's a few bands like that up here. Iron Maiden has that kind of thing. Def Leppard has that kind of thing. Bon Jovi has that kind of thing. It's it's spectacular. Metallica, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's 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 incredible to see, especially in the '90s during those sort of lean years, that you could go to the Forum or the Bell Center or the Molson Center. You know, all these naming rights. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't matter who it was. Iron Maiden would be sold out. Def wow. Leppard would be. Def Leppard sold out on the Slang Tour up here. <laughs> wow. Uh, bon Jovi would be sold out. Uh, it it's. It's it's just what we do. We we love those bands. Wow, that's uh, 
Did not know that. I mean, Bon Jovi's always done well down here. They you, they never uh, lapsed into the casino circuit or anything like that. But uh, no. Um, but yeah, it's uh, good to know that um, those of you up north are down with the very American Bon Jovi. Oh yeah, we we love them. We. we... And, and don't forget, John used to spend a lot of time up here alone because he was friends with Aldo Nova and still is, I guess, friends with Aldo Nova. And uh, one of the, the stories that we had where I, out where I live is that Aldo Nova lives the town over and John would come up here and spend the summers here and he would, from all the stories I've heard, rent out the shittiest beaten up looking car and he would drive around and people would go, hey, there's Bon Jovi and... Wait, he's in a rusted Honda. No, it's just a guy who looks like him. And, uh, <laughs> that was his way of getting people to leave him alone, maybe. Yeah, that, that is the story I've been told. And 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 when you hear from people that are that that know Aldo or are around Aldo, they'll say, "Yeah, John was here all summer recording something. You know, Blaze of Glory. Yeah, you know, like, oh, hmm. okay, all right. So that was John in the." Anyway, I've never validated that, but that's that's certainly the rumors, and you know how rumors are. Sure, they're they're all true in this case. Why, yes, of course, yeah. In this world of podcasting, why why find uh, facts and let those get in the way? <laughs> right. But then again, it could be fact. But yeah, every well, time every time you go to a Bon Jovi show here, uh, Aldenova is backstage looking very very decked out as an '80s rocker. It's kind of funny. Dying to bum rush the say, stage and bust into fantasy at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, great song. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a big one on uh, Detroit rock radio back in the day. But we were we digress. We're focusing on Bon Jovi today, so I think it's time for the song reveal. Andy, are you? What's your initial reaction to hearing that we will be? At, considering a bon jovi song today i think it's overdue oh okay i think it's i think it's a good thing and it's overdue well the 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 wait is over yeah definitely thanks to mitch lafon i mean if we talked about um Jeez, we talked about... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Voivod. You think that Bon Jovi would have gotten in before them, but... Well, That's the way the I, random. Why would one. you talk about Voivod? Well, it was a random pick, right? Yeah, yeah. So mm. the listener submission, we've gone to random on there, and uh, it was Andy's turn to pick, and it 
seemed interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. It was. I'll say that. But, uh, but yeah, you, it's almost criminal to have Voivod slip in before Bon Jovi. So I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad this and, is happening. And they're local guys. I see them all the time at the bars. Yeah, stuff, I see those guys bump into them in, in the neighborhood. Smoking yeah. cigarettes, getting T-bones, all that good stuff. Yeah. Partying with Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur. Yeah. And Voivod. Yeah, what a pairing that would be. Legends of Canada uniting. But who reveals the song? Is that me or is that you? Uh, I will do it just because it's a timing thing. Uh, We uh, tried it remotely, and uh, it's hard to get the cadence of uh, Mr. Jericho, who introduces our song, so I will do the honors for you, sir. Mr. Jericho, by the way, is wonderful. Let's just uh, let's put that on the table. Yeah, he he brought me out of the obscure podcasting world and put me on podcast one, then Westwood one, and uh, yeah, gotta 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 give him a lot of respect. You know what he says? If you want to call him wonderful, yeah. That was his yeah, reaction to our uh, song choice from last he's, week. He's completely lost his mind over that. Yeah, but uh, in a good way. Very entertaining. <laughs> you get random voice texts from Chris Jericho singing Macaulay Shanker <laughs> hits of the day. Uh, speaking of hits, I'm pretty sure if my memory serves, this was a hit. So let's uh, let's get right at it. Cue the intro. All right, Harold. This one's called It's My Life. Off of Crush. By the band Bon Jovi. Ow! <laughs> okay, so when uh, we have a esteemed guest on the show for the first time, such as yourself here, um, we let you uh the guest pick the song not independent of the listener submission list so what was your thinking behind uh choosing this one mitch well a couple of things when we first talked about doing this it was on may 23rd and that happened to have been the day that the song was released in 2000 so i was like you said, hey, do you want to do this show? And I went, yeah, well, hey, this song's celebrating. Let, let's do it. But also, it, it, it just it's one of those songs that really show that Bon Jovi was able to survive the 90s and survive, you know, as your poisons and as your Def Leppards and all that were, were, were sort of sliding down the scale into obscurity. You know, now, of course, in 2019, they've all sort of risen back up. Mm-hmm. Bon Jovi was able to have, unless I'm mistaken, the first top 40 hit from one of these 80s bands. And and so it, it was sort of surprising and shocking because after having lived through the Nirvanas and the Soundgardens and all that horrible fucking easy, music. Easy, easy. <laughs> all right, all that really, really awesome music. So here's where um, the, the hatred of America started to come out. <laughs> no, go ahead. Right. Sorry. No, but it was just nice to see to see the band come out and have a song and have a song that was also vibrant and exciting and was able to match up. I mean, when you when you look up, 
to Wanted Dead or Alive or Living on a Prayer, or and, and you look at bands, whether it's Foreigner or Kiss, and you look at stuff later on, you go, yeah, nothing matches up to Love Gun. Nothing matches up to, you know, Hot Blood. But then you hear Bon Jovi and you go, yeah, you know what? This one matches up with with Living on a Prayer. It's 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 as good as You Give Love a Bad Name. If there's a concert and I had to hear one of the two, I might pick It's My Life because I've heard the other one too much. So, no, it was it was just a nice, refreshing song. But but the genesis really was when you asked me to do this. It happened to be the actual day of the anniversary. So here we are talking about a great Bon Jovi song that has been essentially in every set list since 2000. Wow, that says a lot. Yeah. It does. Um, and, you know, Mitch is right that they, uh, like I said earlier, they never uh, were relegated to the casino or state fair circuit down it's here. It's probably because of this song. Um, yeah. Meaning just... if they didn't put this song out at the right time and get that top 40 hit again, you know, if they put out a clunker album in 2000 and then a clunker album and a clunker album and they became a legacy act only playing their hits from the 80s, then maybe maybe they would have dropped down to casino status. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so what was the previous hit before this song? What was their last hit? Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, they had Real Life as a single just before, but boy, what would, what would have been a hit before that? Uh, oh, let us have a look. These Days, maybe? Yeah, and uh, Keep the Faith was early in the 90s. I remember that one. So, uh, you know, they were they were uh they only put out two albums in the 90s, the the title cuts of which we just mentioned or in the 90s, sorry. Crush came out in 2000. And um and then they did what, you know, a lot of rock bands are are figuring out. They've, you know, um straddled that fence over into the country realm to really uh, loop in, lasso in, if you will, some of those uh, fans. So that's always a smart move for bands of this ilk because basically country music, as it stands today, pop country, new country, whatever you want to call it, is basically the arena rock of the modern day. Just throw, it really is. Throw a and, fiddle out there. And by the way, to, to there, answer your question, This Ain't a Love Song yeah, was the go. last hit yeah. from 95, written by good old Desmond Child, who we love. Hmm, yeah. Okay. The golden touch of Desmond Child. Did you the guys... song doctoring of Desmond yeah. Child. Well, yeah. Did you guys mention Always? Cause that was yeah, ni- that Always was, was way before that. Yeah, wasn't that, that was 94. from? Uh, yeah, ninety four. I'm looking it up now. Look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know they they still they they did the difficult thing of remaining relevant yeah. into the nineties. Yeah, I remember when I heard this song. I think maybe those. I don't know. In my mind, and where I was at in life, and what I was listening to, I think I thought those nineties songs were like a tier below a hit even if they were actually hits in my mind i thought eh, you know this isn't quite on the level with the previous stuff but when this song came out i was like "Ooh, okay bon jovi's back and this is a legitimate hit that you're hearing everywhere you know like you could walk into the gas station and you hear it it's yeah not, it's not like you had to seek it out it was Correct. You know, clubbing you over the head pretty much put on tv like vh1 at the time played it a lot um Radio yeah. stations, stores, wherever you were, commercials had you know. 
So I think this, yeah, like you guys said, this was a, a legitimate hit at a difficult yeah. time for this band or a band of that era to have a legitimate hit and crossover. And I'll say this for, at least from Canadian TV perspective, much music had abandoned all these bands. You didn't see Bon Jovi on much music anymore. It was all, you know, the Soundgardens and, and the pop and, and the, the Beastie Boys and, and uh, you know, uh, Bell Biv DeVoe and all this whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey. Can we do a Bell Biv DeVoe song next time? Sure. Uh, God. Uh, and Mariah, and, but and then you all of a sudden there was Bon Jovi in this forest, and you just went, ah, oh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so, <laughs> so that there was also that, like, hey, we're we're actually back on TV. We're not just in Mitch's tape deck. You know, it was like, oh, yeah. uh, we're visual again. And it wasn't in, it wasn't in the context of throwback or flashback or whatever. It was current. Yeah. And that was very important. And, and so that was very nice to see. And it, and it was also one of the first videos where it was a little slicker. I mean, I know they're sort of in a tunnel or whatever, the L.A. underground. And, and it's still sort of like a performance video. But it was a cut above the performance videos that other bands were doing where they were just sort of really just sort of standing on a stage with no budget and the record company going, fuck, we have it in our contract to pay for this. So just yeah. throw them on a stage and film it, you know. <laughs> So it was nice to it was just a nice thing to see and listen 19 years later it is still in the set list fans still love it they've re-recorded it a couple of times so what are you going to say it's it's a winner Interesting why did they re-record it They did that album called uh, This Left uh, This Left Feels Right yeah This Left Feels Right where they redid their songs in these sort of weird versions, sort of semi-acoustic, modern edge. Uh, okay. So it's you. a weird album. They redid it then. Uh, and then um, they put out a live album. No, was it on the... No, it wasn't on the... Uh, Richie Sambora put it out on... Uh, and in fact, the, the, the Rocking the Troops that Kiss was on. Uh, the, there's a CD called Rocking the Troops that Kiss did three songs and... Richie Sambora did that. So it's been redone and it's been re re put out. So it, it survives, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, speaking of Mr. Sambora, we'll discuss him as the song goes on. But the, the, somehow, some way, they got to figure out how to get him back in the fold. I mean, he's he's basically the he's the Keith to John's Mick. I mean, they're they're just a a duo it's just it's not right that those two guys shouldn't be together and under the bon jovi brand if you will i agree though i do think phil x needs to stay so you know they've they've been running these sort of second third guitarist bobby bandieri or john shanks um and some other some other dudes in there uh, uh, O'Ray, what's his name? Matt O'Ray or something like that from from Jersey was in there for a bit. It, it, I think they need to get rid of those guys. Yeah. Sorry, John Shanks, and bring in Richie as the centerpiece, and have Phil back there. And Phil can either double the parts or do some own parts or or be a safety in case Richie screws up. I, I don't care, but I like Phil there and I like Richie there. And uh, 
Yeah, they they need to figure it out. But listen, they're they're on tour right now. They played a stadium in Moscow last week. They played a stadium in Stockholm. Yeah, nobody you know? nobody seems to. Uh, <laughs> Nobody's yeah. staying away because Richie isn't in the band. This is, you know, um, you, know, you want to talk brand? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right, exactly. exactly. There you go. Yeah. And exactly. and those songs, well, right, themselves are brands. You know. Yeah. Just I mean, even even in "It's My Life," they went so far as to take the lyric Tommy and Gina right out of living on a prayer and throw it back in there and exactly. say, yeah, that that's our signature song. Well, now we're fucking making this the signature song part two so yeah you know yeah phil x can basically be the janic gears of bon jovi keep them in mm. the band just bring back the the original slightly better guy in my opinion <laughs> but uh let's uh get into the song and we can discuss that more as the music uh comes at us All right, so Mitch uh, mentioned earlier, and we'll hear it in a bit, the the nod to uh, um, Tommy and Gina from the uh, was uh, Living on a Prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, You're also getting the uh, um, nod to that song with Richie using the talk box effect, which guitar nerds everywhere will understand what that is. Uh, That's very prominent in this song i think that also connected the dots for a lot of people hearing this it's it it became a very familiar aspect of the bon jovi sound yeah of course that 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 for me is what connected it because it was very familiar it was bon jovi doing bon jovi they had I don't want to say they experimented i don't i, I don't know if you can want to call dry county and hey god and and something for the pain, some of those songs experimental, but they weren't as accessible maybe as Living on a Prayer or or You Give Love a Bad Name. And then, like you said, you bring the talk box back, you bring that signature uh, sound, I guess for the lack of a better word, you bring the Tommy and Gina back in, and you're like, yeah, this is this is my Bon Jovi. And, and quite frankly, the song could have fit on... Uh, uh, what was it, New Jersey or on uh, Slippery When Wet yeah. very easily. Yeah. You know, it has that sound. Yeah, and and typically when guitar nerds such as myself speak of guitar playing and stuff, it's completely lost and like the casual music fan, but I'm convinced that the casual music fan heard that talk box sound, not knowing specifically what it is or how do you how you use it or blah 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 but just that sound instantly connects them to living out of prayer and they're just drawn in immediately oh yeah absolutely and and i don't know if it was contrived it it probably was but it worked and And it it still works and again going back to the brand thing if it is contrived so what they're trying to put hits out they're trying to resonate with people why not uh you know push those buttons and they did and it worked there's there's nothing wrong with formula or being contrived or uh you know having a brand i mean there's contrived 
like this and there's contrived like the crap we had last week the macaulay shanker band song which uh, yeah i mean i mean that's you know that's a different level of contrived but (laughs) i think what we're talking about here is like intentional meaning that you know you you're intentionally going to make that connection to make this new song resonate and guess what they hit the bullseye with it right and recognizable and and you know what it's funny or it's it must be tough for bands because when they try something new like Def Leppard did with slang it's like oh my god it's it's not Def Leppard it's horrible what are they doing and then they come back and or you know and then a band like Bon Jovi comes back and does something very recognizable like it's my life you go, well, it's contrived. It's like, well, well, what do you want? Do you want us to be Bon Jovi or do you want us to be moving? To, so, you know, do you want us to be you too? So, yeah, it's uh, like you can't win. You know, it's... I think maybe when people say something like that, they just don't want those bands to be around anymore. Perhaps. But I, I'm not saying, I'm not, I, yeah. I love my Bon Jovi. No, I'm not saying they're in the right, but I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, whether. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They aren't into that music, or it's someone who has that mentality of like, I can't like something that's not in style anymore. You have to just be like, get up. you know, I don't want to hear from this old band. I have to listen to new bands, you know. Yeah, you know what? What honestly, when I see people complain about songs or bands on on the internet or on the Twitter or whatever, yeah, I, I just my my initial reaction. And I I've never shared this, I don't think, but I just go, why are you so fucking miserable? Yeah. I mean, just enjoy life, you know. So you don't like Bon Jovi? Well, go listen to Bjork or go listen to, you know, Hanoi Rocks or whatever floats your boat. But why why bother criticizing? I mean, just... Especially fucking... if it's not a comment that's directed at that person in the first place, right? Like you just, you're going out of your way to seek things to be angry about. Well, yeah, you know, because on the Twitter, and I, and I say the Twitter on purpose, um, it's a Canadian thing. <laughs> It is. It's the Twitter and the Instagram. Oh. But no, I, I put out, you know, uh, uh, on this day, whatever, uh, May 23rd, 2000, It's My Life comes on. And you get these comments like, it's like, well, that song sucks. And it's made for people who don't have testicles. And you're like, well, all right. <laughs> like, can't okay. those Can't those people enjoy music too? I mean, like, yeah. Can't, what's, what's can't you just, just, just go, hey, I like this song. It was great. It meant a lot to me. And if it's, if it didn't, just go, all right, he posted something that doesn't resonate with me. I'll just move on, and I'll get him tomorrow when he talks about, you know, Schenker. Right. Yeah, and I, and I get 
offering up that opinion when you're explicitly explicitly asked for it like like if you said right. it's my life was released on this date in 2000 what did you think of it if you don't have that question on the end of it and somebody just fires back with how shitty it is it's like this is what you expend your energy on <laughs> i mean don't you have anything better to do anything positive going on and this is coming from me the, the one of the biggest curmudgeons in the entire <laughs> podcasting realm even i don't do that shit yeah no, I, mean, it, I might it, if it, it was it's like strange ELO, but, but though i admit that sometimes on uh, twitter i will put did you like it yeah but, and if you're explicitly asking that great bring your opinions but if if, if you're not and you just want to piss on somebody's parade or just launch into an attack because you see an opening i mean just figure something better to do go take a shit you know yeah. anything is better it's funny because every so often i'll put out uh whatever it's my life came out blah, blah, blah. it's my favorite song from the album i'll just add a little personal touch to it right they'll go well you're fucking stupid if you think that that was the best song in the album. It's like yeah, okay. okay it might not be the best song to you right but it's the best song to me yeah, so, it's all, all very frustrating. Yeah, it's not like you okay. said, if you don't think it's the best song on the album, you're an asshole. And no, then they start I, arguing. You're just saying, I, mean, hey. I don't know if you ever see my Twitter, but I, 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 I don't engage in fights with anybody. There's just, there's just no purpose to it. Well, not that I'm better than anybody. It's, not, it's nothing like that. It's just, there's just no purpose. Well, there's not enough time in the day for uh, no. to get bogged down in that horse shit. So. I agree. All right, let's let's hear some more Bonge. This ain't a song for the broken hearted. I just uh, want to mention about the production of this so far. Uh, it's very pristine, obviously, but the, the, something I mention a lot on the show um, that is a rarity, basically, in, in the modern day, and it was probably starting to kick in around that time, but you didn't hear a lot of like like space in the music, and every, every empty spot had to be filled up with something, and you had these dense productions this is there's a lot of separation there's a lot of you know musicians getting out of each other's way coming in and out when it's appropriate and really just a uh, a display of maximum professionalism all the way around yeah very very tight and you have to say when it comes to 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 the songwriting and 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 production, every Bon Jovi song is very meticulous. They don't leave anything to chance. There's no, and maybe that's in some instances that's bad. Maybe it's too mechanical. But but yeah, it's 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 right on the money. Exactly where it needs to be. One thing I want to comment on is uh, it's 
is it the whole song or just certain parts that's like a more of a programmed drum sound than Tico Torres behind the kit? Like, you know, like it's a two, it's a two thousand pop drum sound. Yeah, and I'm not mad about for, it, but just no, but it out. but from from what I know, or from what I've been told, and we're we're back into rumors because I'm not there to prove it. Most Bon Jovi albums post these days are essentially John solo albums, and they're recorded with studio musicians and drum machines and mm. you know if you look at this house is not for sale you look at um what was that before that the circle most of those are just john john shanks and john bon jovi in nashville at john's house uh, john shanks house doing it and then he invites his music musician friends from the neighborhood to come and play on it and you don't get a lot of the band on the albums and i i think that's one of the reasons where richie might have gotten a little pissed off and i know on this house is not for sale phil x played on four songs but they were an afterthought they were like hey we're gonna put this album out with bon jovi and it's just john and john we need to get a couple of other people on this so i'm pretty sure there was not a lot of tico on it's my life but listen i could be wrong so it's more at least what we're guessing based in rumors is the band bon jovi is more of a visual or live experience so like from their music videos or from concerts but on the albums not necessarily the case huh at least after a certain point Correct. And and listen, you're you're a Kiss podcast. That was Kiss in the 80s. It was yeah. Paul Stanley in a studio with Jean Beauvoir and Michael Weissman, uh, sorry, uh, Mitch Weissman mm-hmm. and and Alan Schwartzberg and a whole bunch of people that weren't the people, you yeah. know. So that's yeah, what happens. I mean, yeah, and this that, is this is not unprecedented stuff. Um no. I mean it's happened throughout uh throughout music. I mean one of the you know, I think the it was the rat behind the music uh, episode where they were talking to Bo Hill, and he went into really great detail about the fact that you know, even if if a guy like Warren Demartini couldn't cut it on a particular day, he'd bring somebody else in to fin- get the part down and move on and put out the product. So, and it goes back to our initial discussion: brand trumps band yeah always exactly there you go this is this is this is elite level entertainment things get done <laughs> a different way i'm i mean i'm not even joking i know you're not that. joking it's just funny i'm sorry but bon jovi easily in the top ten, still top 10 if not top five bands on the planet yeah uh, different rules apply to them you know mm-hmm. you get the People squawking about brand or sellout, or even I earlier was squawking about the fact that Richie Sambora is in the band. Uh, none of that matters ultimately, uh, as long as John is still in the band and he's steering the ship. And a guy like Tico Torres, who maybe isn't playing on the recordings, so what? He gets to play the gigs. He's being taken care of he's living his best life as we say nowadays that's actually a better job just do the shows and not 
painstakingly yeah. do the recording process. Hey, hey, I don't know. It's better than nothing. Oh and, yeah, and it's also <laughs> and let's not forget that's how the band started. The, the first Bon Jovi album was a John solo album with Al Nova in there, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Chuck Berge was in there, right. and uh, a whole bunch of other people. And then he went, oh, shit, I got to hire a band to go on tour. So yeah. Bon Jovi has always been this sort of facade. See, look, at I'm throwing in French words. It's beautiful. That's not, and uh, that's they, one we understand, too, so we appreciate that. I yeah. know, I know. Isn't that great? That's a, word, so, that's a so, word with a C with a little curly Q underneath it, isn't it? That's right. I love the that. I, lo- the I love the CD. Gotta love the CD. I'm a big fan of the CD. <laughs> that's going to be my... I'm, this, this Halloween, I'm going to be a CD. That's going to be my costume. Uh, I, listen, I think when my you put the episode... My dick is going to be the thing uh, hanging off the end of it. You, you're going you're gonna to have to write podcasts with a say, CD. A C go. with a oh, CD yeah. under it. Just, just to fran- franchise, franchise it. Franchise it. Whatever. Yeah, franchise is good. Yeah. So if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be a CD, what are you gonna do? Just curve your back and unzip your fly? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so so listen, Bon Jovi is is is, is John. You know, hey, yeah, surprise. Yeah, it's it, it, and people can't accept that. You know, one of the things that uh, when we talk about brand and stuff, probably the biggest one that I see on like guitar nerd message forums that people are offended by that are continuing as they're continuing is foreigner okay everybody is ballistic about the fact that you know when mick jones isn't up to playing a gig because he's fucking 90 now okay there's no quote-unquote original members in the band like mitch said earlier it's the, the brand Foreigner is based on those songs. Doesn't matter who's playing them, and nobody clinging to that could name any of the original <laughs> members other than Mick Jones and Lou Graham. Anyway, nobody knows who those other fucking four guys are. Get out of here. They they were a a completely faceless band. Right. You heard Hot Blooded, and you tried to picture who was playing it, and you had no fucking clue. Now, if you thought of kiss you go okay i see the makeup in my head or maybe if you thought of aerosmith you see steven tyler's lips but nobody in 1983 would sit and close their eyes and go oh yeah i see lou graham no, nobody knew oh that that's dennis elliott oh yeah, Den- okay. nobody even the, 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 <laughs> that name you just uttered his name for the first time in 40 years probably <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about any of that but Again, they're they're just they're a just, great drummer, but yeah, yeah, but nobody knows who he is, and nobody it, it doesn't matter if he's on stage or not. As know? far as people buying tickets to go right. see Foreigner, it's the song they're not like, wait, is Dennis Elliott going to be there? Let me see. It's like, okay, yeah, they're playing Jukebox Hero, but Dennis Elliott isn't in the band. I'm not going. <laughs> nobody says that. Get the oh, fuck no, out no, listen, of here. I saw it on Twitter last week. It said, no no, Dennis Elliott, no foreigner. That yeah, had to it. be a joke. And if it's not, <laughs> that person is an absolute no, jackass. Uh, listen, to be honest, I've never seen that okay. ever. Yeah. It, it, that doesn't exist. Uh, you might get no Lou Graham, no Foreigner, but even now, most times you just hear Kelly is great, and actually oh, he is. He is fucking incredible. He's, 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 they're he's better. Phenomenal. They're better now than on stage than they've ever been. So, 
I agree. Uh, and I also, uh, along the lines of what you said, I, when I always troll uh, L.A. Guns fans on Twitter. I go, no Mick Cripps, no L.A. Guns. <laughs> and people just, it, it, they don't even know what to make of that. It's like, who the fuck is Mick Cripps? Well, you know. Uh, listen, I, I love L.A. Guns more, more than anything, but when you've had 87 members. <laughs> right. It is incredible to see band guys get on Twitter and Facebook go, it's not, you know, Steve Riley is not L.A. Guns. And it's like, well, no offense, but neither are you. Right. So, yeah, yeah. And guess what? Somehow, some way, Steve Riley has some claim to that brand name because he's using it and he's not being shut down by a bunch of lawyers. So guess what? Well, he gets to do it gets to do it yeah and and listen he he got the name rightfully so there right. was a version of la guns with tracy and steve and and chris van Dahl and then ralph sens who's now the guy in michael star and steel and then those guys left and 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 tracy left and phil phil and steve went on and so steve wisely said hey i'm gonna buy the name because right, exactly. I've been in this band while these guys have been revolving doors. So well, I'm not pick. going until Mick Cripps is back in the band. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. All right, let's is he even live? I, I hope so. Because Me too. a world without Mick Cripps is a world I'm not <laughs> sure I want to live in. So, uh, give me some more Bon Jovi, would all you? Right, sure. <laughs> Okay, you, you can't you can't let the Frank Sinatra reference go unmentioned. I mean, that's one that, um, you know, I pay more attention to melody over than over the, other over lyrics. You know, lyrics will jump out at me if they're really good or really bad. This I wouldn't say this lyric is either one of those, but. To, to to hear a nod to Frank Sinatra is another thing that I think a lot of people just uh, picked up on and it resonated with. It, it's fantastic. And you know, John recorded My Way with Paul Anka about four years after that. Oh, you know, we love our, we love us some Paul Anka on this show. Uh, Paul, Paul is great. I'm, I'm actually supposed to interview Paul in the next couple of weeks. Oh, so man. <laughs> looking I'm forward to that. Totes jelly. But, great fellow canadian right fellow canadian there's a there's a paul anka road or paul anka way in ottawa so he he's not just a man he's a street wow the ultimate honor yeah oh yeah there's no mitch lafon street not yet not yet after this show though (laughs) get ready for it the roller coaster (laughs) is about to begin for you your brand is going to go through the roof streets boats named after yeah. me it, it'll airports it'll be it, it's it's i can't wait but then people are going to be complaining on twitter why mick cripps isn't involved in your podcast anymore and what, what where's your loyalty what what are you what are you doing <laughs> get ready I, for it i'm gonna have to track him down for an interview just just to make to make this right bring him bring him into the light that's uh, <laughs> We, the, we we need to we 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 should we should do. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. An independent film, Finding Mick Cribs. <laughs> It'd be the three of us on a, 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 a round-the-planet quest to find that guy. We actually should do a whole L.A. Guns movie and interview the 87 different members and 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 talk about how important they were to the career and the brand yes i what better way to spend one's considerable amount of time doing that Question for both of you guys, since we like to occasionally uh, reference back to Kiss as often as possible. When Paul Stanley's solo album Live to Win came out in 2006, did either of you listen to it and think, this sort of reminds me of It's My Life, not necessarily the song, but in the idea of some of the sounds he used? Like huh. specifically, uh, wake up screaming. It's got sort yeah. of like a pop drum sound. Some of the guitar sounds are similar to this. Possibly, I, I remember my first thought very clearly being, "This is much better than Asshole." What a fucking horrible record that was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, can't argue that. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, Paul is very aware of what's going on on radio and on TV, and for him to sort of slick it up, like uh, like slick it up, you hear that? Like uh, Bon Jovi was doing with yeah, I, I could see him saying, "All right, what's what's working in rock and rock radio? Let me let me borrow a few ideas." Yeah, again, it's it's like you know. Bands like Bon Jovi, guys like Paul Stanley, they're not looking to put out obscure art pieces, okay? They're trying to move product, resonate with as many people as possible. Yeah. You you put your best foot forward, not that Paul Stanley necessarily did that over the course of his career, but he, he, he put in the effort, put in the time, um, you know, these guys are huge brands, huge corporations. They're not looking to put out obscure. They're not looking to do music like Voivod, basically, right. like what we did a few episodes ago, where there's 
virtually no melody, nothing for the casual fan to latch on to. That's just not what these guys are are in business to do. Right. And, you know, I read an interview with Paul Stanley. I'm going to paraphrase, but it was more recent. The question he seems to get all the time is, is Kiss going to record any new music? And he keeps saying no. But he, well, he's working on Soul Station, and he also put out the possibility that he would do a Paul Stanley solo album, another one. But he said next time it won't be where he's trying to do something deliberately against his instincts, which makes me think with Live to Win. I don't know if that's just one of those Kiss things where when they don't have the smash hit that they wanted, they start blaming it on something else. But he was basically saying, next time I'll do it you know, from the heart and who I am instead of trying to uh, emulate someone else, which is what he did on Live to Win. So I don't know if that's... I'm making the connection directly to Bon Jovi, but it could have been something else. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it was six years removed, so I mean, even if he's taken cues from this album, he's behind the curve already. That's true, too. So who knows? Like you said, I think it's mainly, well, this album didn't do well, so what excuses can I come up with? (laughs) And he's done that before. Yeah, and it was hard for it to do well given the context. I mean, in 2006, who really wants a Kiss members solo album? I mean, listen, diehard Kiss fans, but even then, uh, you know, they want Kiss. They don't want Gene or Paul. Right. Or and Ace. It, and I mean, if, Ace albums don't sell either, let's be honest. And, you know, one of our uh, good buddies and uh, fellow listeners, uh, or, or loyal listeners, Greg Troyan, who uh, posted on his Facebook that, uh, um, you know, he had morning commute music, had Live to Win, the CD cover. And mm. he's, he called it the last great Kiss album. Well, guess what? You know, like Mitch said earlier, Bon Jovi Crush is basically John Bon Jovi, a couple other guys, essentially a solo album. Yeah. Why would you put out Live to Win under the Kiss brand and you're selling a million copies of it and you're getting airplay and you're getting traction, whereas you don't have that kind of clout as a Paul Stanley solo album? Goes back to the brand thing. Yep, and he certainly did it with Crazy Nights, so why not do it again? And that's true. Like, uh, on that tour, Paul Stanley performs at the House of Blues. Kiss performs at giant stadiums, so. Right. He's it's... playing most of the same songs. <laughs> yeah. Different, different stage production, but you know what I mean? It's it's the guy, the same guy playing the same songs, but the con- the brand is different. Exactly. The the 2006 tour, that was the um, Rockstar in excess or Rockstar Supernova or whatever, whatever that. Yeah, CBS they were. His, yeah, was, they right? were his backing band. Right. Right. There was no Eric Singer on that one. Nope. Nope. And not you know, better. It, Eric Singer isn't selling any tickets either. Nobody gives a shit. He's the Dennis Elliott of the <laughs> of the, uh, you know, of Kiss, really. It's like. Everybody gets bent out of shape about Tommy and Eric. Get, the people filling the arenas do not give a fuck. They, they, they don't. It, it doesn't bother them. They're showing up. They're having a good time. The people who are bothered by it are 
sitting in their mom's basement tweeting about it. So who's having the better the better experience of those two? I mean, give me a break. Get over it. And and going back to what we said I saw before, two of those shows, and they were great. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to what we said before, uh, you know, Gene and Paul aren't using the Spaceman and the Catman makeup unless they've secured the legal rights to do so, which they obviously have. So it's w- perfectly within their right to use it and ha- put other guys in that makeup. Anyway, let's let's <laughs> give me some more bonge. Now, there's your nod to, uh, you know, living out of prayer, which we talked about. But also what we're hearing here in the lyrics is something that, you know, Bon Jovi is the New Jersey guy. The other New Jersey guy you got to talk about, Bruce Springsteen. The way they were able to tap into the mindset of Joe Sixpack, New Jersey guy. It's like, it's me and my girlfriend against the world. And, you know, I'm working my job for the man and when I'm done I'm going to have a a great time and I'm going to go out and assert myself in the world and stuff and their ability to tap into that mindset is really what's responsible for their just massive success and I would imagine that that same mindset resonates up there in Canada right it absolutely does and and let's not forget that that john's whole stage presence is essentially bruce springsteen the way he talks to the audience the way he moves he he really is a carbon copy of bruce except more hair and more ladies like him but you know and and yeah listen john has been very good at tapping into the sort of blue collar angst and selling them songs that resonate with people who have broken hearts and are having you know uh, what was that song uh, work for work for the working man i think that's yeah. you know he he's good at that stuff and people eat it up and they do very it. rarely do you hear people go oh he's a multi-millionaire why is he telling me to work at the you know work in the diner or whatever and it's like well i don't know but you're listening to the song and you're at the show so obviously yeah. it worked yeah and, and springsteen pretty popular up there as well i would imagine yeah you know he um born uh born uh, what was it born in the u.s born born to run born in the usa what yeah. was the name of that album born yeah, in the u.s either one right? they're both you know yeah either one born in the usa um, was the 80s born born to run was the 84 one yeah, yeah that that there are not a lot of diamond records up in canada there's very few that have reached that plateau and Bruce is one of the artists. You know, there's there's that. And, and yes, the other ones are, are distinctly Canadian. Anne Murray, Brian Adams. <laughs> Voivod. Vo- Voivod, yeah. <laughs> Voivod Helix, Killer Dwarves, um, Honeymoon Suite. Uh, uh, right. No, but... but, but, but Coney Hatch. 80- Who can forget them? I actually saw Coney Hatch in concert um, like five, like in February or March. They're actually pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah, but you, you know. Mitch, you just disappointed me because the 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 requisite response when you mentioned Coney Hatch is, of course, monkey bars. That's what everybody says because that's their signature. You can't even call it a hit, really. But 
Yeah, yeah. Coney Hatch, yeah. also a diamond selling band, you know, right up there with Springsteen and Bon Jovi. <laughs> and Anne Murray. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anne Murray was in yeah. Coney Hatch at one point, wasn't she? She was. Yeah. She was. She um great tambourine player. It was it was it was Andy's something spectacular favorite, to yeah. behold. Uh, that's great. That's the uh the, the she, experimental she also, she also had era. A very short stint in Voivod. It it, it was <laughs> Spectacular. Yeah, and, she, she and replaced Thor. she replaced Paul Anka and Voivod. Yeah, yeah. See, see? people are gonna are, are gonna believe us, which is probably the worst. Hey, <laughs> they'll they'll be tweeting out. I didn't know Paul Anka was in Voivod. Can you imagine? Oh my god! Wait till Blabbermouth picks up these <laughs> uh, these these shocking revelations. It's it's gonna be the our brands collectively are just gonna go through the roof. I hope you're ready for it. You can thank uh, us oh, later. I, for you know what? I actually mentioned that site on the show the other day uh, in my Ian Hill interview of Priest. And yeah. since that, they have not picked up a single interview I've done. So I wonder if I somehow offended them. Like, uh-oh. Hmm. Don't mention yeah, I don't know. how. Uh, do they just have, like, I wonder if they run bots on, like, every interview that's out there and it generates a clickbait headline in an article. Because it's like, you just have their whole staff, is that all they do is listen to uh, other people's podcasts and interviews and read things and then churn out these clickbait articles? Because that's just a machine they've got going up there. They have got a great gig going on. Uh, and listen, to be fair, they are very important to the music industry because sure, a lot yeah. of fans reference them. So let, let's not disparage them too much. But yeah, uh, I've I've put up interviews. I put up um, a chat with Bobby Blotzer earlier this year. And it was, and I looked at it, it was 18 minutes later, 18 minutes after I actually posted it there was an article up on Blabbermouth where they had quoted like eight paragraphs. And I was like, holy fuck. They gotta be running so, a bot or something, you know? How could they, they even well, do they, it they, that They're fast. probably running some kind of voice recognition. Yeah. They just sort of threw the interview in the voice recognition and then pick out a part, you know, the parts they like and then they yeah. clean it up. But it was 18, That's I mean, it incredible. hit my Facebook and 18 minutes later, it was on Blabbermouth. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And it, they're, they're, they're all, you could almost call them a tech company at this point. I mean, they've just got to have the voice recognition thing happening because you just, human beings cannot turn that type of content around in that time frame. Nope. So, nope. And uh, listen, I thank them for it because, oh, yeah. you know, part of what I do is, is, uh, I don't know, are we going to go back to branding? But, you know, it's, it's to be recognized and it's to sort of say, hey, Mitch is talking to this guy and Mitch is interviewing that person and and if nobody reports on it well there's not a lot of Mitch going on so they are very very important to what I do so I thank them for for all the coverage yeah and just to go I'm not I wasn't even thinking of disparaging them I think that what they've got going on is is brilliant for the digital age I'm just saying that it has to be mechanized there has to be voice recognition because like you said this shit is being churned out within 18 minutes of your podcast coming out i mean human beings literally can't listen to that and pluck 
the quotes. So they, they have voice recognition creating articles and clickbait headlines and publishing these things. That's amazing. It so is. hats off to them, no question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's getting hot, make no mistake. Now, you know, we talked about the uh, very real uh, possibility, if not fact, that uh, Richie Sambora is not even necessarily on this track. But uh, whoever's singing the backing vocals are definitely singing in the same register and the same intervals that he would sing. And that's uh, uh, definitely something I think that people resonate with from Bon Jovi are those vocal harmonies between uh, Richie and John, and uh, they're definitely very prevalent on uh, on this track here. Oh yeah, great ear candy. Listen, to it. people like melody, and Bon Jovi gives you melody. And you look at successful metal bands like Metallica and Megadeth, and they have melody. So if you don't have melody, you've got nothing. And Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and blah, they sell melody by the pound. You know, they, they, and that has a lot to do with the backing vocals and the medley lines and all that wonderful stuff. So, hey. Yeah. I mean, and it's with the melody is obvious to, to even the casual music fan. But I think with the backing vocals, you're getting into the, the realm of harmony, which isn't as, um, you know, the, the, if I if I was to go home and ask my wife, uh, you know, about the, what does harmony mean, she would have no idea. But she she knows that she likes the sound of Richie and John's voices together, and uh, just the 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 timbre of the voices, but also the specific intervals, which are, you know. Uh, pretty unique to what they were trying to do as a band. I mean, another band that's not as obviously as poppy, but their vocal harmony is very signature to the band, and this is going to be in the realm of music that Mitch despises, but I'll bring up Alice in Chains. The uh, vocal harmonies of Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell very signature to the sound, and it's something that identifies that band instantly in the ears of even the casual listener. So a very important element here. I gather they're one of your favorites. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, uh, of that movement of music, you know, it's, uh, uh, uh I think it was a, a needed change. You know, a lot of people are upset that, uh, it, quote-unquote kicked hair metal to the curb i think they a lot of hair metal did that to themselves and left them yeah hair, i mean hair metal kicked for themselves that to the curb. um you know i like more than i like some of that more than others um but uh but they're horrible the, pick to open the tiger stadium show when kiss did that reunion tour yeah Duncan. yeah i mean they're just it, it's i mean I yeah. was so excited to see Kiss, and then they came out and did their fucking noise, and I was like, "Why? <laughs> their noise? Why am I in a hundred and three heat in fucking Detroit, listening to this fucking noise? Go away!" Yeah, they're just give, they're, give they're, me Pretty Boy Floyd. They're not a party band, and they were also, you know, they've they've had some weird 
bills. I mean, they opened for Van Hagar, I think, on the balance tour, and they were also on a, uh, a bill with uh, with Metallica and Slayer and Anthrax or something. It's just like they've been plopped in some pretty dicey bills there, and they're not they're not a party band. I mean, you you're seeing Kiss for the first time in makeup and. Uh, original lineup in 15 years you don't want uh you know you know heroin dirges you don't want yeah. that so that yeah that was definitely unusual but uh did did either one of you see that show no. did not a uh, big regret because obviously i'm from detroit saw many a baseball game at T- tiger stadium just a legendary venue uh did not make that show yeah, I did, and it, listen, the kiss part was good, but that that fucking Alice in Chains, oh my god! Aside anyway, from you, should have had like Van Hager should have opened up that fucking show. So, any party band, I mean, there are a million better choices for that. Did they go over well with the crowd, or not really? Aside from you, <laughs> no, I, you know, I really don't think they did. I, no. I, I really, re- well, first of all, I just remember it being. Ex- exceptionally hot and i think everybody was just exceptionally hot but no i i I just remember people sort of thinking could could we get the kiss this is sort of why we showed up like because we had was there a third band on the bill or there was some kind of delay it just seemed that it was taking forever for kiss to get on and i think Mm. people just wanted kiss to get on yeah, that's a, that's a tough spot for anybody. But if you're going to put a band up there, you know, give me a party band. You know, uh, we saw the, the Live 35 at Kobo and Buck Cherry was the opener. I mean, that, that's definitely more in the wheelhouse. But anyway, Mitch Mitch hates America. Mitch hates grunge music. So let's <laughs> let's get back into. Uh, <laughs> Get back I love into, America, <laughs> but I hate grunge. All right. Let's get back into the, the bonge. It's my Pause it there before the solo starts. So we mm-hmm. can take that in all at once. But um, anything else, you guys? Any comments on that big chorus? Uh, just again, you know the, the the backing vocals of Richie Sambora or whoever's trying to sound like Richie Sambora is just a signature part of the sound. Drop in lyrics like "open highway" yeah. and stuff. You know that stuff. Just it's 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 it resonates it's just it, it's you're you're gonna hit the mark with stuff like that <laughs> you know i noticed that too i didn't notice it the first time for some reason but just throwing in because i don't even necessarily understand what that means my heart is like an open highway but it doesn't it's just, it doesn't need to mean anything it doesn't just right put that you know and everybody says that about the uh the the country formula it's like okay mention some mention beer mention patron mention your truck mention uh chicken a sundress you know all this stuff check off the boxes yeah guess what you know yeah it may it definitely pushes the limits of formula 
and all that stuff and it gets overdone but here it's just like dropped in there and it's just like okay i i get it you know <laughs> yeah they're going for something terrific yeah, yeah. i mean it's just uh, it's perfect i'll say it again and this is andy's version of a complete lack of big picture <laughs> thinking that uh brandon holmes likes this is elite level entertainment <laughs> they're not fucking around they're not playing games or not taking chances. Yeah. It's not what they're in it to do. But listen, they're, they're redefining cliche, but that's apparently what I really like. I, I like that kind of formulaic song. And, and hey, it, it works. It's a great song. We can go through every lyric. We are not going to be more zen coming out of the process, but we're going to have a great time going through the process. Right, and speaking of a great time, we've got a, a, a solo coming up here, which, again, I, I'd like to believe it's Richie doing it, but uh, well, let's let's give it a listen, see what we think. Okay, nothing, no Ingve Malmsteen action there, but uh, just pretty, pretty much a perfect lead to be dropped in there. I mean, the talk box thing gets a little much for me. It's not my favorite effect in the guitar realm. I would have liked to have heard that just on its own, but uh, in terms of just like you know having that uh that bent note coming in and out of pitch and just uh, the 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 way he just kept it simple but impactful is just what he what he does or did the guy's extremely underrated in my opinion um just I agree. one of those guys who he's effective he's one of those guys and he can he can play He's a pretty damn good player, too. People just always say, oh, he's one of these guys who plays perfect thing for the song. And yes, he does, and that's a high compliment. But the guy's got a fair amount of technique. He's got a good tone. Uh, he's, he's a, he can sing. Yeah. doesn't hurt. <laughs> exactly. And, and he's extremely underrated, in my opinion. Um, and this just... The simplicity Great. with the impact here is just the perfect combination. Do people really complain if someone plays what's right for the song? You said like, oh, that's like a, almost an insult. The way you no, no, it. I'm saying that they, they, they. Every time anybody compliments him, it's that. It's never, oh, he can oh, actually okay. play when gotcha. in fact he can. And no, he's not Ingve, nor would you want him to be. Uh, you know, he, he's just. He, I don't know. I just think he he gets a he gets a uh, the short end of the stick from people just because you know he's in Bon Jovi and it's pop metal or whatever the fuck you want to call it. The guy can play, you know. Yeah, simple and effective, and you don't really need to be much more. And plus, Bon Jovi can't have. Uh, a Vinnie Vincent uh, guitar wizardry going on in there. You can't have I'm trying to think of, of of some great players here, but I mean, you, you certainly can't have you know Carrie King 
styled guitars going through through Bon Jovi. So no, uh, Richie could... Richie's great. And and by the way, I'll throw this in gratuitously. I think CC Deville is also very underrated because he, you take CC out of Poison and it doesn't sound like Poison. Well, and you put Richie Cox we can argue in the there, same thing. and it just didn't have the same uh, appeal. No. And I'm a Cotson fan, but no, I mean certain guys are inter- are essential to the band. I, I've I've been hard on cc deville in my personal opinions in the past but you know what you listen back to these poison it's like god damn you know that 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 guitar solo there or that rhythm part there was friggin' perfect for the song that's it's the i'm 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 coming around to <laughs> cc deville uh finally yeah well it's never too late but, it's true uh, there's always time never too late but it, you it, back to your <laughs> other point about uh, you know the guitar wizardry that wouldn't fit in this band. Well, Phil X is certainly capable of that, but you know he steps on stage with Bon Jovi, does what needs to be done, and uh, does justice to the songs and to Richie Sambora. So there's another guy who knows what to do and what not to do. I agree. Took it up, uh, key change there. Yeah, and I was, I was going to stop it right when you stop it, and I was just going to mention that the, uh, you know, as so many other uh, guys of uh, his era and his age and and eras previously. Um, you know, there, there's still a little bit of uh, of power detectable in his voice, but mm-hmm. uh, in this, what we're listening to, in terms of what he's doing now, he, he, and, and I'm interested to hear your uh, take on this, Mitch, but um, it, it, see, all the power just seems to be gone from his voice. I mean, it's just more, much more nasally than it ever was. And again, these guys are not superhuman. It happens as you get older, but he's definitely a guy who is just seems to have lost the, 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 the girth. Not that he had a ton of it ever, but it's just very much upper register nasally stuff coming out of him these days. Well, he's he's talk singing, if you know what I mean. He he yeah, doesn't absolutely. sing sing. Yeah, he's not. But a lot he's of not full are, are on talk singing. Yeah, he's not full on Vince Neil at this point. You know, just uh, barking a syllable to or two into the mic and then pointing the mic <laughs> at the crowd to fill in the blanks there as he takes a slug out of a bottle of Coors Light that's on the drum riser. He's, he's definitely right. not that. And he's not running a kill switch on the live vocals either where, you know, he can step on a button and then the backing tape pops in, right? I yeah, mean, well, but that's also showbiz, you know. Um, but, yeah. no, you know, you're, you're right to his credit. He's not going down that road. Nobody's, nobody's accusing... Bon Jovi of using tracks. I mean, he's, he's they've they've filled up the stage with an extra musician or two who's doing some singing, but you know nobody's making the same accusations against him as the as 
they do veiled or otherwise against Paul Stanley. So, right now, now to be fair, Bon Jovi does run uh, tracks on the backing vocals. Uh, if you ever listen, if you if you go see Living on a Prayer live, and and you hear that gang vocal, all of a sudden, yeah, here it's it's clear as day, but. Who that's, doesn't? Do that's that? almost for those types of songs produced in that era with those big gang vocal tracks. It would be impossible to recreate that live, like Motley Crue, like Kickstart oh, My Crue Heart tape. Yeah, of course. Like Kickstart My Heart, it's it's Nicky by himself doing that whole thing. Of course not. There's right. There's tracks you know, being pumped and in, and that's fine. I'm not mad about it, but nobody should be mad about it. Yeah, it's, it's showbiz. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, you know way, what it would it's, sound it's like if funny when you look at a band which is so showbiz and they use an effect everybody gets all oh my god how terrible i paid for a live show and yet you go see a marvel movie or or oh, wow. you go see star wars and you see a spaceship fly through space people go wow that's amazing it's like well that ain't fucking real so why is it why yeah. is it different thank you yeah it's it's so it's exactly right it's like I don't even know if I have the energy to <laughs> go down this road at this I point. I hope you but do. It's like, Jesus I hope you Christ. Do. And again, the 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 group of six soccer moms next to you at the show who are losing their shit over living out of prayer, they don't give a fuck about any of this crap that internet dipshits are all bent out of shape about. Who do you want? Who would if you're Bon Jovi? <laughs> Enough with that. If, <laughs> if you're Bon Jovi, who 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 are you trying to appeal to? If you're Kiss, who are you trying to appeal to? It's like nobody cares about what you're bitching about on Twitter. The the arena is full and everybody's enjoying themselves. End of story. Ridiculous. <laughs> God, he nailed it with that. It's like you're you're pissed off about bolstered backing tracks, yet you're watching a fucking spaceship. <laughs> in a movie theater and you're all excited about that get your fucking priorities straight <laughs> or just or figure it out that it's all showbiz it's all yeah. for your entertainment at least be consistent i well, mean if you're gonna go, go to iron man and, and at least scream at the at the screen going hey he can't fucking fly what is this <laughs> bullshit i didn't pay for bullshit i want re- at least be consistent in your in your nonsense yeah exactly thank you brilliant <laughs> input mitch that this is why we brought you on it only show. took me an hour and a half to get to brilliant hey you got it was a slow burn we're we're like we're, how old are you if you don't mind me asking and you don't have to sit to reveal your age but i'm guessing you're closer to mine than andy's well i am 50 okay i'm 52 takes us a while to get warmed up but once we do we're on point so we're <laughs> at that juncture right now it was slow and easy but we got there white hot right now that's we how we like it in our 50s <laughs> slow and easy <laughs> all of it I just want to mention that I was out and about and slow and easy by white snake from sliding in came up uh, on shuffle and I know you spoke highly of the remastered version i just want to say what a fucking epic tune that one is the studio version amazing sorry for the derail but it's my <laughs> show it is plug 
No, but, but it's a great version. Oh, incredible. Uh, uh, outstanding we, we, stuff. We're big Coverdale fans, obviously, on this show. How can you not? What be? a guy. What a what a what a what a human being he is. Mitch, have you interviewed him? I have. Uh last time was for the Purple album in 2014, but I got to tell you uh, we speaking of Vince and, and David Coverdale, they, they played the the M3 festival this year in in Maryland and I was there. And everybody was backstage and and hanging out near catering and all and suddenly security guards threw everybody out, like literally out of the building to to sort of the the the, the parking lot and backstage. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, we have all access passes, and they're like, David Coverdale's coming in, and it's like, yeah, and <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> what? He he can't he can't m- mingle with the common folk like go go fuck yourself anyway who else uh, was uh, on that bill i mean were there people there had to be other people at that level right well vince neal did a somewhat similar thing i mean he he yeah. locked down the stage so people couldn't go on the stage or side stage which listen that that to me is is normal you want to control your stage so that's that that seems reasonable but to throw band members and and the promoter out of the the back area and into the parking lot or the the back parking because you had to walk off the bus i mean it's like really yeah that's a bit much like really like maybe they just didn't want uh coverdale to ejaculate on everybody back there (laughs) that's the only thing i can think of because possibly i I I think i I i think he's a guy who just has involuntary ejaculations <laughs> i mean this guy is just everything about his entire existence Career. is rooted in orgasms and sex and all that stuff so i think it was a protective move i'm, I'm just trying to put a positive spin on it here it, it, it's just a little strange i gotta say that explains I mean, why they have white snake umbrellas at the uh, merch tent <laughs> so do they actually have white, white snake umbrellas? Yeah, man, I have one. I, I they oh, played God. over at the casino up the road here, and uh, you know, I was checking out the merch, and there's a fucking umbrella. I'm like, you know what? I've never seen that before. I have to buy one just for the sake of the fact that <laughs> there's a white snake umbrella. I was walking around with it in the West Loop the other day. N- nobody else in the city of Chicago is rocking a white snake umbrella except me. That Gotta love it. That's it's a prime piece in my collection. But oh my god, yeah! yeah. Don't don't mix with them with the with the folks. Well, you know, you know or get your umbrella out because he's about to come <laughs> all over you, basically. God, god knows that the guys from Danger Danger having a coke at the uh, catering is is somehow whoa. Can't have that. Yeah, god. Yeah, that's, anyway, that's, uh, that, that was shows you that the pecking just, order back there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh well. You know, I know nothing about Coverdale other than you know the very public stuff. That would make me think. Just the public persona makes me think that's not coming from him. But maybe it is. He just seems like a guy who's just laughing all the time. Yeah, like entertained but, oh, by everything. It, like he, it, maybe he has some ego as far as being a performer. But he seems like he's always having a good time. And you wouldn't think that get everyone out of here would be part of having a good time. 
So maybe that yeah, comes from a handler. Maybe it was a security decision. Maybe it's a tour manager who just uh, is going over. I mean, I can't blame him necessarily, but it was yeah. just it just seemed excessive to me. Yeah, and it, it would is. turn me off. It but is. you know what? At the, at the same token, your 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 brand, your money is on your voice, and if you have you know fifty people coming to, can I have a picture? Can I have this? Can I touch you? Can I shake your hand? Can yeah, you know, yeah. at some point, what forty years, fifty years into the career, you're like, yeah, I don't deal with this shit anymore, and I, I can get that, you know, especially before a show, right. you're trying to get ready to get on stage. Yeah. All right, so we'll 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 give him we'll give him credit for that. That yeah, maybe was a medical thing. Yeah, you didn't I, want to I, catch I'm, it. I'm trying to trying to put a positive spin on here because uh, we don't know. want to dislike David Coverdale. No, no, I don't. Everything. Yeah. Although maybe if we disparage him enough, the blabbermouth <laughs> bot will pick up on it, and uh, we'll have a big sensation in our hands. David D- Coverdale ejaculated <laughs> all over everyone backstage <laughs> of M4, M3. <laughs> Well, I'd click on that headline if I saw it, I'll tell you. Or if it said, who did David Coverdale yeah. ejaculate on yeah. in the body of the article? <laughs> Everyone. Written by... Danger, blah, 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 danger, blah. bass player. David Coverdale came on me <laughs> at M4. I think we're on to something here. Manipulating the blabbermouth bot. And that's why you need the umbrellas out in the audience. Exactly to be safe. right. It like all a, makes sense now. It's like a Gallagher concert. <laughs> right, exactly. Or Insane Clown. Guar. It's like with Guar. The, yeah, or Guar. Guar, Andy. Guar, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. Guar. Andy's a big fan. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, we're getting close to the end, right? Yeah, there's no, only only an hour and a half in. No, oh, yeah. Well, that's how we roll <laughs> on the show. If you don't like it, fuck off. Listen to something else. <laughs> There it is. Three minutes and forty-four seconds. Yeah, pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty substantial for a single. Uh, Three forty-four of the greatest minutes you'll spend in, in a day. It's. Uh, it, it's. I, I'm not going to lie. It's slightly surprising to to hear of their massive popularity up in Canada. I guess I. I don't, I'm not sure why I'm surprised by that. I just think they're just. Uh, just so decide. Not that this wouldn't appeal to Canadians, but just they're so decidedly American and this and that. But you know, Bon Jovi. I mean, come on. If you're a if you're a woman, <laughs> how, how do you not find that? Guy? Even if you're a lesbian, for Christ's sake, how do you, how do you not look at that guy and be like, okay, something something's happening down low here? I mean, he's a, he's a. a devastatingly attractive man i mean let's just put it out there who could right. who could argue with that i mean and and let's not forget he had to come to canada 
to make his greatest album, Slippery When Wet. Yeah, man, a, a recording uh, out in Vancouver. Um, so we sort of gave him a career. You can look at it that way for sure. Now, do people now do Canadians are they aware of that and they then they rally around that as Slippery When Wet was recorded here? Is that something that people are in tune with? Is that a dumb question? <laughs> well, of course, uh, anything that has any sort of Canadiana to it, we're like, oh, the guitar strings came from Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Yeah, because they, they definitely have, I mean, that's that's a known fact to anybody who's even yeah. paying attention that they did that one in Vancouver. And oh, one. listen, when you talk about, there's a couple of albums, when you talk about, uh, what's that, uh, The Police, they go, oh, that was recorded in Morin Heights in Quebec. That was us. And then you, you, you listen to Queensryche Operation Mindcrime and you go, you know, Jeff Tate wrote that about a bar in Montreal. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that is true. You know, yeah, it, it, it both of them are yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's, that's great. That, that 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 makes sense then, because uh, it's kind of I mentioned this a few uh, episodes ago, but you know, Detroiters are the same way. You know, Kiss comes out with Detroit Rock City. They're gods in the city forever. Jay Giles Band puts out De- Detroit Breakdown. Not from Detroit, but they might as well be because they're fucking gods in the city. It's like you, 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 you establish that connection, and it's there forever. Oh yeah, see, so you know, we we we, we rally around those those things, and uh, recording in um, Vancouver is is significant because a lot of the big bands, Aerosmith and, right, and others. Yeah came and made records here so we 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 stake our claim to music history that way that's great yeah little little what little mountain studios little sound studios whatever they were called yeah some of the greatest strip joints in america were in proximity to that studio that was another uh selling point of it i believe yeah yeah in vancouver yeah i mean the 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 the, uh behind the music special on bon jovi they spoke about the debauchery that went on like when they were done recording they just go a block or two down one of the greatest strip joints on the planet and indulge in the things that bands like bon jovi indulge in well i'll tell you i have a bon jovi crush story from 2000 uh they were in quebec city on the uh, on the crush tour and I arrived at the venue at about 2.30 in the afternoon, and I was going to park at the venue and then walk over. And, and the reason I got there so early is because at, at about 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock, they put up gates, and then they started charging you 20 bucks to park. And if you showed up before, there were no gates, and you could park for free. And I figured, okay. So anyway, I, it was May. It was cold. I was in black shorts looking like a roadie. <laughs> and I went up to the security guard because I really had to pee, and I said, hey – I said, where's the bathroom in English? Purposefully in English, no French at all. And he went, oh, it's down there. And so now I'm backstage at this Bon Jovi <laughs> show and I'm at catering with, with Bon Jovi and I'm, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, and, and I'm watching sound check and I'm like, uh-huh. So I'm like, well, I can't leave because if I leave, I ain't getting back in. Right. So I walked up and down that security thing the entire afternoon and just said hi to all the security guards and at, at by the end of the night and the end of the show, they were like, well, this guy's obviously with the band. Anyway, so the show ends, 
and I'm walking down this security gate, was, was about to go out the back door to the car to go home, and the security guard grabs me, and I go, oh, fuck, you know, gig's over. He goes, no, this way, this way, it's over here. And I go, oh, okay, what? Well, over here. I go over here, and I'm put in a room with 30 strippers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, I can handle this. So I, I hang out in this room with 30 strippers, and then uh, David Bryan walks in, and he starts talking and flirting and talking and flirting and then with you or the strippers? no with the, with the strippers okay. and then tico torres walks in he's talking and flirting and talking and flirting and then with um, you or the strippers <laughs> again Sorry. always the strippers okay. always then you mcdonald walks in and he's like ah. so he comes over and he starts talking to me and we ended up talking for about 40 minutes but then i'm standing right by the door of this place and john walks in oh jesus and I go, hey, John, we, we shake hands, and he sees the 30 strippers, and he go, and he just hightailed it out of there, like, oh, I'm, my wife can't have it. Or I forget what he said, but it was something like, oh, I can't be here, something no, like that. Yeah, yeah, that's and he left, and so my, my entire claim to fame in meeting Bon Jovi was this 30 stripper room, but – David and Tico, man, they were they were talking up the ladies, oh and just God. me and you, McDonald, were just hanging there going, so, hey, that was a great show tonight. Yeah, that was great. And so uh, – what does it feel like to be in the band now and be anyway that 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 was my cra- and it's appropriate to the era because it was on that tour of course they were playing there it's my life go. for the first time live and yeah that's that was that was it so uh, folks if you ever get to a show a if you're in Quebec speak english because they'll think you're with the band <laughs> and b just act like you belong and eventually you will belong so it was my pass free all access free all access show it was remarkable. Yeah, that's really the key to anything. If you can pull it off in any situation, if you, if if, you, if, if it's even remotely possible that you might have business there, you're, it, nobody will say anything to you. But it's, it, 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 if you're not never been in a certain situation, it's hard to just put yourself in that situation and make it seem like you belong there. But if if it seems like you belong there, you're you're gonna everything's gonna be fine so yeah and richie didn't show up by the way he never came to the room well yeah so who's putting that together you know that's a good question by the looks of john and the fact that richie never came i got the impression that the promoter had set that up as a thank you or as some kind of strange backstage debauch you know it just it didn't seem to be band centric because John had he set it up or had his organization set it up. I'm sure he would have been there and taking part and drinking and you know flirting. But when he walked in, that look of like, oh, I can't be here, um, was like, okay, this this must be the promoter who's thinking, well, we must uh, give the bunch of the strippers. Mm. They like the strippers, you know. It makes sense they, to me. They yeah. like the women, so I, I don't know. But it was it was it was quite a sight. Let me tell you. It, Either that, or they were, they were just they were finally trying to get David Bryan laid, and uh, you know, <laughs> well, they, it's, they hard, figured, it's hard as a keyboard player to get laid, right, and as a drummer, right? right. And they were figuring, okay, thirty women should do it. They, <laughs> this the keyboard player should be able to fuck one of these women. So <laughs> let's do it that way. That would be my just basic theory 
That's another, maybe, another, maybe he got another, bla- another blabbermouth potential headline for the voice bot. David Bryan finally got laid <laughs> in Quebec City on the Crush Tour. Yeah. See? Makes sense to me. I'd click on that. Yeah, I'd read it. Right. Anything's possible. Yeah. Let's vote, man. It's time, uh, it's time for us to vote, Mitch. And since you were the one who brought this song to the show today, we're going to have you vote first. Your choices are Sweet Surrender or Kick in the Crotch. What do you give this song, Mitch? Oh, Sweet Surrender. you got to surrender to this song. It's terrific. It's Sweet Surrender. All right, sweet surrender. It's terrific. Give us a little bit of a summary. Why? Why it's terrific? <laughs> Let's see. It's one of the biggest Bon Jovi singles ever in their career. It still sounds, and folks might not like this, but it still sounds fresh to me when I hear it. There are songs that you you can certainly say sound overplayed. They can play this one at every bloody show, and I'm still going to enjoy it. Uh, it it made the band relevant in the year 2000. Like you guys said before, had they come out with some pablum single or some shitty album, they could have been wiped off the face of the earth and they could have been playing, you know, the Rib Fest in Moline or something like that. Hmm. But instead, they're now still doing stadiums. So no, it was it was incredibly important. They they came out of the fire of grunge and survived and this song is one of the great reasons why they did and if you're a bon jovi hater you'll probably hate this song because it gave them another 19 years of career there you go chris your turn uh of the two obviously sweet surrender here it's sweet surrender hell yes now i I got to say that, uh, you know, I entered college in uh, the fall of 1985. And, uh, you know, that was that was the era of, you know, big stereos and CDs were just becoming the norm. And, um, you know, I got plunked down on a floor in, in the dorm with a bunch of guys who were just way into Bon Jovi and uh, Dokken and Motley Crue. And they had the, the, the huge, you know... Morant's Pioneer, all the old legacy brand of stereos, you know, the, the speaker as tall as you, all this shit. And, uh, you know, they were, it had the Bon Jovi albums were just in constant rotation. You know, I, I, I used the term Bonge a few times in this podcast. I, I just remember hanging out at a party and it's just like, uh, like talking to this one guy. It's like, so what have you been doing lately? And this is like just before New Jersey was released. He's like, just waiting for the new Bonge album to come out, man. (laughs) And this is a college where you don't typically think of college kids uh, being into this kind of music. But in the 80s, this was the... Bon Jovi was the the music du jour. Obviously, the alternative stuff, people were into it in college, but... You know, you're still your your regular guys and girls were way into Bon Jovi, so I got my fill of it in college. Um, and you know, I never owned the album to myself. I've never seen Bon Jovi in concert, but it's it's just like the respect is there. I mean, 
I was thinking um, about this earlier today that, you know, living on a prayer is in the same pantheon as Don't Stop Believing and Sweet Caroline in terms of these these songs that have gotten, are just multi-generational people, you know, that they, they play Living on a Prayer when I'm watching college basketball for my alma mater they're playing it in the arena and the fucking place is going crazy yeah and it's the same shit we were listening to when i was in college 30 plus years ago and it's just you you gotta tip your hat to that band that puts out a song of that stature and like mitch is saying turn of the millennium if you will um coming out with this and just going right back to where they were 15 years ago is is incredible so just full respect from me all right and it's my turn to vote i'm gonna agree with you guys and give it a sweet surrender it's sweet surrender You know, we've been talking about that same point about the timing of this song's release. And maybe you could argue that it's it's definitely one of, but maybe the most important hit to Bon Jovi because, like Mitch said, it extended their career for decades beyond really just this one hit. You know, there are a lot of bands throughout history who've had a cluster of hits across their first few albums. But how many had a huge hit that far down the road? And the ones who did are a lot of the bands who continue forever. You know, it's something about that. Like, if you have a hit 15, 20 years down the road, you can go on forever for whatever reason. I don't know why that is, but it seemed to work for Bon Jovi. And like you said to this day, they're selling out stadiums. You know, they're not doing theaters. They're not doing your local summer festival for your town they're not at the casino down the street they're doing stadiums in all the big cities and they're selling out still in 2019 so how about that um yep and also just the song you know it's a great song too (laughs) it's a great song i was more focusing on like what it what the song did for them but you know isolated the song itself huge chorus you can be cynical about it if you want to be dude who's into music that's heavier or dude who's into music that's more artsy or whatever it is, but I think you'd be wrong to say it. It's not good. Whether or not it's your bag, right? you'd be wrong to say it's bad. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many yeah, people well, will quickly pipe up a thing. Well, they're just tr- they're just trying to put out some bullshit persona. Yeah. Wait yeah. till you post this on Twitter. See yeah. see how much love you're gonna get. Well, I, I think it'll I think it'll be a mixed bag. I think there's people who appreciate it, but I, you know, there's definitely people who give Bon Jovi no respect, and it's just it's ridiculous. It's not your cup of tea, but just understand what they've achieved and and what what they've been able to pull off during their career and sustain it's it's pretty amazing it it is what 30 years and they're still playing stadiums come on 
about yeah. 35, yeah. closer to that. I mean, yeah, not a lot of bands doing that. The, the Stones could do it. Paul McCartney can do it. U2 can do it. Kiss can't do it. Kiss can't Aerosmith do it. can't do it. White Snake can't do it. <laughs> White Snake. White Snake yeah. can't do it because they're emptying out the backstage area every time <laughs> the singer comes in. I mean, maybe yeah, they could maybe maybe they can fill it up with all the people spilling out of the backstage area into the seating area. But other than that, maybe that was the end game. They just wanted to fill more seats. Who knows? <laughs> Tell the danger, it, danger guys to go sit, go fucking, sit down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go to the back parking lot. Come on, that's that's. Yeah, that's I don't I don't know one. who set that up, but that's that's excessive yeah. to me. And I love the band, but. Sure. I don't know if that's an ego trip or I don't know what that was, but I've never seen it. And people who actually had, you know, all access passes were now being barred from being anywhere. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? It's odd. Oh, well. Like people who have, listen, somebody who has an all access pass, it's not because they're, they're anything special. It's because they've worked hard. They know the game. They know to keep their head down, stay out of trouble. You don't go into people's dressing room touch shit you're you you got that pass because you get it you know i mean you mentally so if you know that an artist is coming in and you say hey listen uh you know whatever uh, gene simmons is walking in he just wants to be left alone people with all that will go yeah okay no worries we're, you know we're good we're not fanboys right so when you kick those people out you're yeah. like the yeah, fuck this, are you this, doing? Isn't, this isn't the meet and greet crowd so no it's not it's, it's all the professionals and yeah. it's like that's, they they they're there because they're professionals. Anyway, it, it's eh, I don't want to I don't want to give it a bad image, but yeah. yeah, that was odd. But that's a good story. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. we go to the next round of uh, voting here, right? That's correct. Three sweet surrenders wins you a trip to the next round. Ooh! All right, Hammond. I got a question for you. Mitch, Paul Stanley wants to know if It's My Life is a rock and roll boner classic. The answer to that question is yes. Ooh. Absolutely. Okay. That, yep. That, so that, that would be a rock vote from Mitch. Uh, in order to be fully anointed, it has to get a roll and a boner from Andy and I. So, in, or, in order for it to be fully engorged, yes, exactly. <laughs> to be worthy of clearing out a backstage area because it's about to explode all over everyone. One chamber has been filled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so we got the rock from Mitch. Uh, Andy, you want to go second, or you want to? You can go. You go second today. Okay. Jeez. I'm gonna say roll. Sure. I'm gonna say b b b b boner. A 
funny to us. Sorry. It will never not be funny. <laughs> like as Andy once said, the type of outburst you would expect from a homeless person <laughs> occurring on a national bowling broadcast, but we digress. Um, I mean, what an, like he, like, I think it was what Andy's commentary that tipped me over the edge because I, I wouldn't say it's uh, – it, it's one of my favorite Bon Jovi songs, but the fact that they had such a hit with it 15, 10 to 15 years after their heyday and just keeping themselves filling football stadiums with it, I mean, speaks for itself. Yep. Hard to argue that, and if you disagree with us, we are sorry. That's just the fucking way it is. Hey, Mitch, fellow Canadian. Yeah, there's your boy, Paul Anka. Yeah. See? Yeah, he doesn't mess around, man. Mm-mm. You got a t- you got a time for a, a lightning round of uh, yard of questions? Let's see Ooh. if we can rip through this one. It depends on the complexity of the questions, but uh, yeah, we we've got uh, listeners submitting questions through the website, and we close uh, each episode with it. Uh, and we've had some interesting ones of late. And it's always good when we have the guest on because it's, it definitely brings a new uh, perspective to it. So this should be good. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Sing away. Yes, Chief. Ooh. How about that? There's your boy Harry Carey. We taught you how to pronounce Montreal. Oh, that's not Harry. That's, uh... Oh, Mel Allen. Mel Allen. Sorry. Yeah. Whatever. Same. My bad. Same world yeah. of ba- legendary baseball yeah. figures, but... I heard when Mel Allen showed up to the ballpark, he made everybody clear out of the press box uh, because <laughs> he was such a diva. So, you know, Coverdale's perform- behavior, not unprecedented. All right, so this week we're calling it a meter o questions. Meter o questions, and that means not one, not two, but three questions submitted by a listener on potofthunder.com. And this week's meter o questions <laughs> comes to us from Joe Riley. So here maybe, we go. Maybe this, is, maybe it's Steve Riley's brother, or somehow related to him, Ooh, bringing it back to the LA Guns connection. You right. still with us there, Mitch? I think he might have nodded off. Okay. <laughs> sure. I thought he would have perked up with the Steve Riley. He wants to go get some more watermelon. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, been more yeah. yeah. That that would be useful because uh, I'm about to explode. But let's uh, let's lightning round. So you, lightning. You're not a young man anymore. You can't just sit around eating watermelon without <laughs> there being a consequence. I know. Jeez. I know. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll try to move this quickly, yeah. Mitch. At your mercy. Here we go. Question one. Album you looked f- most forward to that disappointed you the most? Oh, Kiss the Elder. Really? Yeah, that's a good one. Listen, first of all, my dad never brought me to buy albums. It was something only my mom did, and yet I convinced him to bring me to buy the album on its release day. Got it at a place called Discus, drove home uh, from downtown Montreal to where we were, so about 40 minutes, ran in, ripped off the plastic, 
threw it on the the turntable and went, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, fuck. I can't imagine that experience. Cause, see, I didn't hear the Elder till years later after they righted the ship. So to experience that when it happened, like you just explained, I can't imagine. Oh, it was devastating. Now, keep in mind, you know, I had interviewed Gene in 1980, and they had given me a copy of Unmasked. Uh, so I was on this high wow. of, ooh, I got a free Kiss album handed to me by Gene, and it's it, it was stamped on top of it, a uh, gold stamp that said promote. Like, I was on a Kiss high. Yeah. You know, I had just seen the Dynasty thing. I had uh, bought that for album with my own money. Got this album, saw Kiss at the Palladium in New York with Eric Carr's first show, and I was on this massive Kiss high, and I was like, oh, the elders come, and you cannot appreciate the disappointment of <laughs> of putting that on and just listening to it going, what the fuck were they thinking? And every song just got worse <laughs> now listen yeah. now when i go back and i listen to a world without hero or a world a world without heroes right, right. you're like oh okay or dark light but at the time you were like yeah it's... dark what that's not shut enough the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no. shut up and, and then you look at the cover and it's like well where's the photo of the band where's the band Where, there's no band all i see is a table or whatever and a door <laughs> where's the band a table and it's like <laughs> kisses kisses visual where's where's my vision oh Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to need therapy after this. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah. What Terrible. Were they, what were they thinking? Awful, awful question. All right, for me, I, I mean, I was trying to think of a different one, but people who've listened to this podcast probably know what I'm going to say. Oh yeah. ELO out of the blue on eight track, a double album, no less. So it costs more of my paper out long, long cutting money. That piece of shit, just such, uh, just the crap that was coming out of the speakers was just. It, it, it made me angry to the point where I did. I took the eight, the two eight tracks out to the driveway. I had some. I I I, I some type of boot. I'd like to think a cowboy boot or something, but smashed the eight track cartridges in my driveway and it just an out just a, a, an absolute rage i've i've hated them for that and everything else they've put out ever since so that's it for me how old were you uh, i don't know when that album came out late 70s so maybe 12 13 you were that angry oh yeah it was hot <laughs> man well it, like again it was not only was it shitty it was a shitty double album so yeah. it cost more i don't know i don't even know what inspired me to buy that piece of shit but yeah that's the one i tried to think of another one just to mix it up a little bit but th that's the one that will forever stand out just garbage all right question two flips that one a little bit here uh album you expected the least from that turned out to be one you love Wow, an, un um, an unexpected uh, hit to you. All right, uh, to me, it's, I'm going to have to go to European. Um, there's a band out of out of the UK called Thunder, and a couple of years ago, um, 
and and why am I forgetting the name of the album? I was asked to interview them, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know who the fuck this band is. And I put on the album, and I loved it. Now you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna actually look it up here quickly. Um, God, but 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 that got me into this rabbit hole where I bought every album that they ever made. I tracked down every live album they ever made. I tracked down every bootleg. It, it became well rather obsessive, quite frankly. I have to say. Um, and if I can just uh, get you the name of this album, which I'm gonna look up real quick, I will tell you that. But it, it was it was definitely Thunder uh, out of the UK that just changed everything for me. And the album was called Rip It Up. Okay, mm. I'll have to check that one yeah, out. Not, not, not heard of them. Love it. Lo- great melodic band. Uh, they should have been as huge as uh, Def Leppard or Bon Jovi's. Wow. Same sort of vein of okay. just great guitar work. Danny Bowes, the vocalist, just phenomenal. And he, they, they cover, you know, they, they on the live albums, they, they've covered people like Tom Petty and Bob Seger. And, and it just it's just great. Anyway, the album was called Rip It Up. And I was like, I don't, who is this fucking band? Why why am I interviewing them? And then you and found out why. Now I'm a pure diehard. That's cool, Chris. How about you? You got one? Uh, I do, and uh, it, uh, it. I mean, it was back in 1999. As we saw the cult at uh, House of Blues, and I believe that the, there were three bands on the bill. Okay, the first band I believe comes from Mitch's homeland. Uh, Biff Naked, familiar with them? I am. I've actually seen Biff. Okay, they were terrible. I mean, they they, they just didn't like them at all, and just was just like, oh fucking a, what 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 are we what are we seeing here, and how bad is this next band gonna be? Next band came out and just floored me about how great they were. Went to the merch table, bought their CD, album as a masterpiece, not a bad cut on it. Second coming of Bon Scott era ACDC, in my opinion. Band is called New American Shame. And they were, I believe, a one and done band. I don't know of a second album by them, but hmm. if you if if the if the sound of the second coming of Bon Scott era ACDC is appealing to you, Seek out this album. You can get all the tracks on YouTube if that's how you want want to consume it. But if you uh, um, can find the CD or if that's how you prefer to listen to it, gets my absolute highest recommendation. Not a bad song on the whole disc. Fucking great lyrics. Excellent everything. Outstanding. Amazing stuff. New American Shame is the name. Look for it. You'll thank me. All right. In question, uh, oh, go ahead, Mitch. Oh, I just need to correct one thing. The uh, the Thunder album was Wonder Days. Rip It Up was the one that came out after. That's the first one I bought after the first Is, new one. So but yeah, Wonder Days by Wonder Thunder. Days. Anyway, just buy everything by Thunder, Backstreet Symphony, and 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 just buy it all. It's 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 brilliant, brilliant stuff. All right, well, all right, we'll check it out. And question Thunder, Thunder. Question three: Singer or group you love? That annoys your significant other, or vice versa. Well, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> everything I listen to annoys her. So, uh, Kiss, um, 
the Def Leppard. Uh, the your Def your Leppard? wife doesn't like Def Leppard? No. She really? loves Bon Jovi, hates Def Leppard, wow. um, is lukewarm on the Scorpions, hates Whitesnake, <laughs> wow. has a burning hate for Kiss. Hmm. Um, it's it's burning. it's amazing. Oh, Jeez. fucking hates them with a passion. Don't even is talk that... to me about it. I'll, I'll be like, I have free tickets, and we get to meet the bench. Like, I don't fucking care. Don't 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 bother me. Is that your fault? Like your obsession over the course of your relationship has caused her to hate them, or was no, this before you? No, no. We we met. Uh, th- this is how we met. I, I was at a YMCA, and. Uh, the, I had told my friends that the, the Bon Jovi crush story because it had just sort of happened mm-hmm. and uh, she walked over to me and she said are you the Bon Jovi guy <laughs> that, was, that was literally it she goes are you the Bon Jovi guy and I go well what do you mean she goes are you the one that met him I was like yeah and so that, that started a conversation there happened to be a Bon Jovi tribute band playing in Montreal like the very next week and it's been it, it's been whatever 17, 18 years now but that was it. And then, of course, I found out she doesn't like Kiss. She doesn't like White Snake. She mm. doesn't. And it's like, well, okay, well, I can. I guess I'll just sort of have to suck this up. But yeah, yeah, no, she hated them from from the get go. Could never got into them. Never bought any other singles. Hates I was made for love and you. Hates crazy. Cra- I mean, just hates everything of Kiss. And yeah, you can't change her mind on that. But she likes Duran Duran, so I'll give her that. They're good. They're they're decent. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, me? Yeah, uh, I, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to say something like uh, anything, anything on the heavy side, like Black Sabbath or anything in that realm, just would be completely just non a non-starter for her. You know, if we're in the car and I got my iPod on and. Like symptom of the universe comes on, she's just like, "What the hell? What the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah. If I if I gave it some more thought, I could probably rattle off some other stuff. Or like if if, if a random cut from Discipline by King Crimson came on, she'd be just like, "What is this crap?" No, it, it, that music isn't for women anyway. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I tell the story of when King Crimson did their quote unquote. Uh, reunion tour maybe six or seven years ago and they played over at the Vic the tour where they had the three fucking drummers up the front and probably seven women in the whole building (laughs) every one of them dragged against their will by their significant other who, who thought it would be a good idea to bring his wife or his girlfriend there and all the guys I went to see the show with were all of us like yeah if any of us brought our wives here they'd be filing for divorce the next day <laughs> I mean it's just not something you do alright well let's thank Joe Riley for his meter O questions thank you Joe and if you the listener Want to submit your yard of questions? Go to potofthunder.com and click that little widget. Make it happen. It's so easy, isn't it? Oh, my God. We should, since we're called Pot of Thunder, we should do a show, a series of shows de- devoted strictly to thunder. It would be appropriate. I think you Mi- should. Mitch would listen. I'm not sure anybody else would, but he'd be Well, he'd the, the fans in the UK would listen. I mean, they came out in 89. 
they 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 just celebrated 30 years they're still so, at it huh still at it oh, okay. still uh right. they're on tour now they had a new album come out in in february i guess it was no no they're they're very very active okay. and I'm telling you, when I interview the guys and I do my shows, I get a lot of listeners from the UK. There's just a lot, though. So they're they're a little bit like status quo. Okay. Yeah, Big probably. over there. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck over here. Are they but, better yeah, you, than Anvil? Would be my question. Bigger than that? Yes. Are they much bigger than Anvil? Better than Anvil. Oh, who isn't? <laughs> okay. Good good answer. Just making <laughs> sure. There you go. All right, well, Mitch, we want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us two idiots for the better course of two hours. Yeah, and I'm sure it's every... like being on three sides of the coin. It's it's two hours that like, just goes on. No, I'm kidding. Remember that show? Remember that show? Three sides of the coin. I've People never... still watch that crap. I've never heard it. Well, first of all, why would you ever watch it? I mean, why? Why we don't? We would never imagine subjecting anybody to watching what we do. It just that doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, we're not exactly uh, front of the camera people. Yeah, you're not John Bon Jovi. That's right. No, no, definitely not. No, no, absolutely not. Can um, you imagine if this this had been all filmed and then put up on YouTube? I mean, wow. Well, you'd 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 have you know. Mitch face down into a watermelon. <laughs> that might be interesting. Yeah, that would be a good visual. Yeah, that might be funny. But other than that, absolutely no appeal to that. But we want to say thanks for being on the show. We've kind of been kicking this uh, idea around for a while. Glad it finally came together. And, uh, yeah, you know, appreciate you coming on and appreciate what you do. You've carved out a nice... Uh, a little niche for yourself. That, I think that's a French word too. Isn't I think it? So. niche. I believe so. Yeah. Yes, and and let's not forget since this is a Kiss podcast or Kiss related, Bon Jovi did open for Kiss back in '83. I think. Well, it was. Gene will tell you that. Gene will take full responsibility for their success. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> the the man who gave you asshole. Is, is is a visionary the asshole is really just just hit a hit a nerve with you didn't it? You, you hated that album didn't you i did and uh <laughs> wasn't it on this day that it was re- that that they were actually recorded i think it was really june, june 8th right yeah that it june was 8th. released yeah okay wow. well did i did not yeah. know that yeah yeah, it was June 8th of two, whatever it was. I posted it on my Twitter. Go look on my Three Twitter. Or 2003 or two. So you yeah. posted, okay, I'm going to look for that because, I mean, it's, it's a significant day in rock history. What was, what was your editorial comment uh, in your tweet about asshole? You had to, uh, you couldn't have just let it go without a comment. I can already tell that about you. I, I, think, I think I let it slide without a comment because I think sometimes... You know that the fans are gonna are gonna fill in the blanks for you. Let yeah. me see here. Let me scroll down on my on my Twitter. Plus, it's like you probably. Oh, here it is. Uh, on this day, June eighth, two thousand four, Kiss uh, Kisses Gene Simmons released a solo album, Asshole. Uh, did you like the album? And then I threw in a picture of him with the killer dwarves during the revenge era wearing shorts and a gold gym shirt. You got to check out that <laughs> picture because that is a fantastic picture. It is completely gratuitous, has nothing to do with asshole, but it is my favorite Gene picture. Wow, okay. Because you never see Gene in shorts. 
No, never. Jean and athletic wear. You and see, a gold gym sweatshirt. I mean, this this is some prime Jean picture going on right oh, there. Oh, and I, I see on, on here June 8th, the day we're recording this show, uh, I the Tiger album came out. I, I, I don't know if you knew, but a few episodes ago we did... Uh, one about the title track from that so that's interesting yeah see it's, it's all related and since we were talking bon jovi this is the day that lost highway came out wow. so it's it's all very cosmic it is there you go anyway i think the listeners of the regular listeners of pot of thunder are thinking how do i hear more mitch mitch tell us how do they find you Ooh, well that's 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 good that's easy um the show is, and I'm going to go very gratuitous in my plugging here. Go for you it. You can find Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon on iHeart, on Spotify, on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Amazon Alexa, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. So if you have a computer or a smartphone and access to any of those nine places, you can find Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. So there you go. Well, and 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 the show is is expanding. It's not just always rock. I've, I've, I've. You know, today I had Mike Reno on. I had Corey Glover on. Oh, Mike Reno, uh, love uh, Lover Boy. I mean, come oh, on, it's a Canadian thing. And then I've got uh, Jeff Tate coming up this week. I've got Melissa Etheridge coming up. I've got uh, the Alarm, the Cult. I've got wow. a Billy uh, interview from the Cult. So. It's not just hair metal, hair metal, hair metal. You know, it's not Poison and Pretty Boy Floyd and Enough's Enough and Tough and yeah. Know, it, I mean, it's it's music. You know, it's like it, it, people need to. There's nothing wrong with having a well-rounded musical palette. I mean, and just just to to react negatively to stuff that's outside of your wheelhouse is just the only. The only one paying the price for that is you. Just you know, I agree. open your mind to this stuff. It, it's yeah, it's worth it. And if you don't yeah. like it, you don't like it. Don't listen to it again. But you know, it, it, it's always interesting to hear these guys' perspectives, and that's what Mitch does. He actually gets in there and interviews these guys, whereas we just skewer their music every week. But uh, yeah, yeah, check it out. He's doing come a great for the stories. Thing. Yeah, and, and and he's carved out a nice uh, niche for himself, and we we admire and respect him for that, and say thanks again for uh, coming on our show. Yes, and buy a T-shirt, please. Mitch Do merch, it. it's very important. But you should get Mitch Lafon umbrellas. You're welcome. I'm, I might that. have to expand into the umbrellas. I have I have two T-shirt models right now, and listen, I'm going to be very gratuitous. The artwork was done by Judas Priest guy, Ooh, the guy who wow. did the fire the Firepower album. Claudio, who, who painted that, did my T-shirt artwork. Yeah, and yeah. So, head on. Can I can I plug the site where you can get it? Can I plug my merchandise? Please, please do. Oh, because if we're gonna go full cheese, let's go full cheese. Yeah, let's do let's it. Do it. Yeah. Head over to Loud Tracks, T R A X dot com forward slash mitch loudtracks.com forward slash mitch and listen we we are talking music business and brands so i might as well just jump in and be as gratuitous it's, as possible it's a nice so uh bringing the show full circle right our yeah. our t-shirts were designed by andy jones <laughs> so you know someone of equal stature yeah 
in, yeah. in, the, in the, 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 the worlds of art and yep. music and mm-hmm. pop culture, all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can appreciate the logo. It's got all the flames in it. That's, that's the firepower. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, very cool. Just, yes, exactly. We're looking at it right now. Love it. You, you're looking at the, the, the loud tracks, are you? It's yep. A, hey. And and by the way, folks, uh, Loud Tracks is part of the global merchandising uh, thing. They do all the official uh, merch for real bands like uh, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, uh, and all that. So when you go to Loud Tracks and you see an ACDC, DC, I can't say that, uh, or Judas, it's the real stuff. So you can go and buy my shirt oh. and then buy 10 other shirts. That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a good place to be. Very cool. All right, anyway, Mitch. as we say in Montreal, uh, merci beaucoup. Thank I, you. Yeah. I don't know why you would say that to me after. I thought we got off on the right foot, and now you're insulting me in French. <laughs> That's right. Calis, tabernacle, all the, all, all, all the wonderful church words. Exactly. All right, Mitch, thanks so much, man. Cheers. Thank you. All right. We'll be back next week. it night night time is it night night time yeah